Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of While We Were Working. This is the show that helps you become a better leader of people at work. I'm Joy Price, and I'm joined as always by our awesome co-host here, Summer Ketron, Consulting Practice Manager here at Jumpstart. And this week's episode, we're going to talk about two things that you never, never, never are supposed to talk about in business. We're going to talk about it today. The first thing we're going to cover in our while we were working segment is about the complexities of religious inclusion at work fired by the spread in HR magazine. We've got some thoughts that we want to share. And then the second thing is what happens when you are doing an investigation in business and you realize that there are a lot of unhappy people in your business and they just haven't said it. So you're not supposed to talk about religion at work. You're not supposed to talk about how bad your boss is at work, but it's a podcast. So we're going to cover it all. So Summer, do you want to go ahead and set up uh, while we were working and share more about the, the, the wrestling going on with religious inclusion at work? Absolutely. Thanks, Joey. And thank you, everybody, for joining our show this week. We are so glad you are here. And as we always do, uh, Joey and I scour the web looking for articles. Uh, We read magazines and we take a look at the current events in the people leadership space and bring to you something that uh, we would typically, like if Joey and I were in the office, we'd be probably sitting around a table having uh, just coffee chat about. So that's kind of the premise of our show um, that we know you're so busy working um, that you may have missed it. And uh, as Joey also mentioned, this article comes from Ager Magazine from Sherm. I was just showing Joey, it showed up in my mailbox. And I uh, was really intrigued by a multi-page article um, that online is uh, titled Uh, navigating the complexities of religious inclusion. And, um, you know, I think the the biggest takeaway for me was a lot of companies and even HR pros and leaders have previously avoided, right, having conversations about religion. And for so many years, we've been taught, you don't talk about politics, you don't talk about religion, you just avoid those at all costs because they are very sensitive topics. They are things that individuals are very passionate about. And sometimes those conversations can make others uncomfortable. But I think what we're here to share today is that those tides are changing. And so I think there is a greater awareness that we can help bring through these discussions on our show, Joey, and talk about some of those complexities and what companies are starting to do to navigate them. Yeah. Yeah. Summer, I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you can look at different milestones in culture as to how we arrived at where we're at today. But I think that we are in more of a bringing our full selves to work culture now that, <laughs> you know, you could look at things such as maybe, um, recent political unrest or uh, recent social issues. Uh, You could think about Freddie Gray, George Floyd, 
you could think about uh, Ukraine, Russia. You could think about Israel, uh, Hamas, Gaza, presidential elections, and social media. You know, social media has trained us to have an opinion about everything and to be vocal and and share our opinions on opinions. And uh, I, I mean, you can even say the podcasting boom, right, where we're all grabbing microphones and sharing our thoughts. Um, that's that's not something that you can compartmentalize and just leave it outside of work. Uh, we are bringing our opinions, facts, feelings, or what have you, uh, in in all manner of spaces. And work is is no different. So, I think it's interesting enough that both topics that we're going to cover today have to do with uh, expression of self and expression of maybe thoughts, perspectives, and ideals. So a really fun, a really fun show today that we'll, that we'll get to cover, cover that. Um, but yeah, um, let's go a little bit deeper into, into the religious inclusion piece. You, know, you talk about um, scheduling meetings around religious holiday. What are, what are some thoughts around, around, you know, cultural sensitivity in light of uh, religious observances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it goes back to, Joey, what what you had initially said about the shift that we're seeing. And I expect that we'll continue to see of employees bringing their whole self to work. And we've been seeing this uh, inch forward over the past couple of years, but I think it's becoming less of a you know, we, we had companies who were kind of leading the charge on this, but now it's becoming what I would call more mainstream, like more standard. And so I, I think if you are a company who has avoided the conversations uh, or this topic to this point, like now's the time to really be thinking about, well, we we really need to be adjusting our business practices because employees our current team members and your, you know, future employees are going to count on you to do so. And when we think about, excuse me, religious expression at work, uh, for for some, it's going to make them feel much more comfortable. And yet to also recognize that for others, it's going to potentially create conflict. And that's where, as an organization, like we we have to help our team members on that journey and at the same time as an organization make steps in areas that you can um, to uh, support that journey. And going back to what you were saying earlier, one example is thinking about your organization's holiday schedule, uh, your time off practices, for example, do you have uh, flexible holidays? Do you have personal days where team members can use that time for holidays they may observe that are not on the regular schedule? But even further than that, I think about like all hands meetings, Joey, right? Like like big staff meetings. And one of the things the article talked about <clears throat> was uh, there was a team member who uh, was scheduled to attend a really big meeting 
on one of their most important religious holidays. And that team member had to go to their manager and say, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I can't be there. Yeah. And I can't help but imagine that both the team member and the manager, like, felt bad, right? Felt bad. Like, I, I, can, I can only imagine. So from a company standpoint, I think this is one thing where organizations can look at, are we scheduling over what we know are important holidays and can we have that broader mindset of flexible holidays or personal days that individuals can use i mean those are quite frankly those are pretty small things that organizations can do to start to make a step in a better direction when it comes to inclusion yeah yeah you you made some some really great points there and i i would just add that this religious inclusion piece is also uh, great for candidate traction. If you can show that you are a place that is um, beyond just the word accepting, but uh, but you create space for uh, religious uh, inclusion, that can help you win candidates that uh, you might have had more competition with because they may mm-hmm. say, um, I am not in a uh, majority religion, but I am in a religion that means a lot to me and uh, mm-hmm. does mean something to, to you as an employer. I, I, I think you get me. I think you're, you're one of my people. So mm-hmm. I, I look at that standpoint. And I also want to rewind a little bit and talk about religious freedoms from a federal standpoint because it is a protected class and so uh, someone cannot be hired, fired, terminated, discriminated against uh, because of their religious beliefs. Uh, so so we're not even in a position we could we could uh, legally, you know, for example, the person who who couldn't show up to that meeting because they had a, a, a religious holiday, well, you you legally couldn't you know terminate them because they weren't able to make it. Now there are uh, again, this is not legal advice, uh, but you know there are some caveats to that. Uh, there are some uh, BFOQs, which in HR world is bona fide occupational requirements. Um, but but in most cases, most cases, uh, you have to allow for the religious freedom uh, of, of employees at work. Yep. So just a refresher in case anyone you know, uh, forgot. Yeah, you, you actually make a really great point, Joey. And it makes me think about also, you know, I'm always asking the question, how did we get here? And 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 why? I, I think there's a lot of factors, but this article uh, really traces back much of this to COVID and the vaccine requirements. So you may recall that um, during that time, some companies had a mandate um, that you must be vaccinated in order to work. And that's when there was uh, quite a bit of activity in regards to religious exemptions. 
So I think the timing of COVID with the vaccine mandate and now there being a lot of focus on religious exemptions like has really brought these discussions uh, much more forward than they had been in the past. And, you know, just to kind of back that up in terms of, well, like what type of activity is this translating to in the courts? You know, previously religion in the courts was maybe like three to four percent of the charges that were brought um, by the EEOC. And after the pandemic, as like these workers sought many more religious exemptions from vaccines, it increased to almost 19 percent. Isn't that wild? Crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess in most cases you operate in an organization where your religious freedoms are questioned, but it's, it's when they are, uh, that, that brings up a moment like that. So the vaccines were, that was definitely a a big one. It continues to be, to be one, especially Mm -hmm. in, I'd imagine working in healthcare, uh, or other, other industries where there's high involvement with, uh, with with the public. So yeah. Yeah, I could see that. See that. Is there anything else we should talk about on this one before we jump into our uh, consultants quarter? Of course, you know, I do have one more and I'm so glad you asked because I think this is the one that will probably be the big aha for those that are listening that are saying, hey, Joey, Summer, this is all great. uh, And, you know, I'm going to go back to my organization and, you know, think about how uh, we can, you know, potentially improve in some of these areas. But I, I think the the one item that I, I would, you know, really kind of boil much of this down to, aside from uh, like ensuring that your team members are happy and feel supported and, it, you know, you're creating a great, like a great workplace. It's also being mindful of the legal aspects um, that uh, much of this boils down to when it comes to religious accommodations. So Real quick, Joey, there was um, a recent Supreme Court ruling that I I think really brought religion into the spotlight. And this article talks about it. And in short, it involved a postal worker who uh, was asked to start working on Sundays um, because, you know, Amazon started delivering packages on Sundays. And this worker said, like, I'm really sorry. Like, Sunday is, um, is a day I'm unable to work. Um, because of my religion, and I need that day off. And so they started disciplining him for not working on Sunday. He left. He ultimately sued them, and the Supreme Court ruled unanimously in his favor, saying that um, the denial of his religious accommodation uh, could have only been denied if they could prove undue hardship. And like they couldn't, right? They they could have other people delivering those packages on Sundays. And so I think that's like when it comes to uh, getting giving people days off, surely a Sunday, but definitely when there are individual uh, days throughout the year where people need to observe uh, the holiday. Mm-hmm. Is your business going to go under because somebody can't go to work? <laughs> Like if it is, then right. there are deeper, deeper problems. But 
I just don't see this undue hardship to the business when people need to take time off for holidays, religious holidays. If anything, there may be a lack of cultural sensitivity, a lack of mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the mind of the person making that judgment call who said they can't or cannot work. But rarely like, oh my gosh, the business is going to be on fire because this person didn't show up at work and um, and we don't have a plan for their absence. Because I tell you what, if they had to go to the hospital or if it were you know, federal mandated holiday or if there was weather, uh, you'd figure it out, right? So yeah. I don't, I just don't buy the, um, like the, the a hardship, you know, um, obviously there are case by case, uh, basis to evaluate, but, but mostly, you know, broadly speaking, let these people have a day off. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Uh, but I think it was a great example because, you know, even if, you know, say an organization as big as a postal service is getting tripped up by this, um, you know, it's, it's reasonable to expect that other companies are as well. So learn from their mistake and ensure that, you know, if your team members give any hint that they need any sort of accommodation, including religious accommodations, that you really hear them out and uh, pursue it to an end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to put a bow on on this conversation, uh, I could say that uh, this whole debate around religious inclusion brings up several things that Jumpstart can do uh, we have a, a dedicated uh, DEI coach who helps with cultural sensitivity training, helping to rewrite policy, uh, helping to counsel employee relations issues that may come as a result of our religious differences. Uh, and then we also have our prepaid consulting hours if you need to review policy or create professional development training or talk through issues. Uh, and we have employee handbook creation services uh, if you need to write policy. So check us out, jumpstart-hr.com, and you will see that we have a shop where you can actually point, click, and buy several of our services. Or you can schedule a 15-minute call uh, to speak with me and see how we can partner together for the benefit of your business. All right, let's jump into Consultants Corner because this was really good. I'm curious where this came from, but, you know, I'll go ahead and read it because this one's juicy. I, and I always <laughs> don't really have to, you, you don't have to, uh, if you're in HR, you don't need re- reality TV because uh, it's just, there's so much drama that goes on in it. So, so let's go ahead and, and look at this. All right. It says, what do you do? Uh, you're conducting an investigation on one matter, which results in you discovering that a group of employees is saying negative things about them. They're unhappy about several things, and they develop a group mentality of us versus them. Do you confront them? Do you leave it alone? How do you save this company from being a gossip mill and, you know, effectively 
supporting people as they air their their grievance. What do you do, Summer? Oh my. Well, I think going back to what you were saying, Joey, you know, some people are like, hey, you know, HR's like boring. All you guys do is like write handbooks and, and hire people. And I'm thinking, no way. As long as it involves humans, humans will often do very curious things. And sometimes they are uh, against policy. And I think just going off of the information we have, it's it's pretty limited, right? So we have to make some assumptions here. But I think it depends on like what the state of the current company culture and savviness of leadership is, right? Because I would never recommend something that like really requires some specialized skill that isn't going to be executed well. But personally, I'm a big fan of if you think there is a problem, let's talk about it, right? Because we know that not talking about it and not trying to get to the root cause only creates larger problems. So if it was me, I I would say, you know, let's try to identify, you know, who we think is involved in uh, the conversations about being unhappy and, and starting to talk talk to them, right? We've, we've discussed state interviews previously, Joey, and you know, that's one thing that comes to mind. Like, let's have some one-on-ones and figure out, are they happy? Are they unhappy? And I'm going to bet they're willing to talk we're going to discover some other pretty interesting things along the way yep yep for sure now the question is what is this uh what is this thing you're investigating you know when i when i think about investigations not like oh well uh where where is someone's misplaced uh badge right it's usually like harassment or fraud or some deviant behavior that you tend to have a paper trail and dot I's and cross T's. Um, So, so yeah, there are a few things that at play here. I would just echo your, your thoughts of like resolve the issue at, at hand, but then maybe I I would definitely circle back, get a sense from the team. Like, hey, you know, through through our investigation of this unrelated matter, we we found out how you really feel about it. And I I do it maybe one on one and just say, you know, well, how did how did you get to the point where where you felt this way? And I'd even say, you know, did you did you ever at any point feel comfortable coming to us about the topic that you are unhappy okay. about? Because um, you want to address the issue, but you also want to address why people don't feel comfortable talking about the issue. And there could be many reasons for that, but at least allowing people to talk about it in in the context of a safe conversation uh, is a good way to make sure that um, make sure that you can build from where where you are. Yeah, and. You know, thinking about this example, and it sounds like what you were saying, Joey, that they were looking into something 
uh, that was pretty serious and discovered uh, some conversations or information that they weren't exactly looking for. And, and I've had to do that before. And it's a tough conversation with team members because I think there's already in some organizations a little bit of mistrust of HR um, or mistrust of management. And I've even had employees like think that I'm reading all of their emails just because and like looking for things. And it's like, I, I don't have time for that. But the reality is that if there is something we're investigating and we have a reason to go look and there's a need to do it and it's justified, then yeah, we may, <laughs> right? We may. And it sounds like that's exactly what happened was that it wasn't being monitored, but that once they went looking, they found stuff that was like, uh, this isn't great. Yeah. So, you know, the, the challenge that I have uh, when I think about, you know, group mentality and us versus them is it's not, it's not solution focused. And that's where I really worry that if I hear that something like that is happening, it can't be ignored because we're not talking about one unhappy employee, right? It's like right. one unhappy employee that gets another two or three to like join their mindset. And now like it just spreads. So I say don't confront them per se, but like let's open the door for some conversations to get to the bottom of it. And like assuming that team members are willing to work towards a solution, like let's, let's have a, like let's create a path to, uh, resolving what we can that's causing them frustrations. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a vague, it's a vague, um, so broad topic that we're covering, but I think what you're sharing are some practical steps to cover, no matter if this is like serious thing or, you know, why do we always have chocolate cake? for uh I, for a birthday celebration why can't it be vanilla right like you're you're giving you're giving good helpful advice no matter where it falls on the uh, spectrum of, of severity i'd also say too in this is just to remember that uh employees have the right to gather and discuss and air and air grievances with one another they're federally protected under that national labor relations so it's not about um you know punishing people for talking about the company you you really have to uh figure out a way to get trust to understand what those issues are and how to and how to resolve it uh, but is there is there anything else you, you care to share well, I think just cautioning companies against, you know, what you were just saying. I can't tell you um, how many companies will come to us and say, well, you know, so-and-so was talking poorly and I just can't have that. They're not on board. I want to fire them. So recognizing that depending on the circumstances, of course, that probably most of these warrant a conversation before going direct directly to an exit and you know recognizing that there are some rights that team members have 
where, you know, some of their conversations are protected and you don't want to get caught up in handling that inappropriately either. Great. All right. And, you know, if you're at a loss for how to navigate something like this, you can reach out to our team. This is a great way to uh, utilize our prepaid HR consulting hours to know that you have a partner that can walk you through this through this issue because it's not just going to be a phone call. It's not going to be something that you, you look up on Google. And even as much as I'd love to say, you know, our podcast will, it's definitely going to help you in the right direction, but it's not going to be the end-all, be-all thing. So you want to talk to a professional who's been through it before I can help you navigate next steps. And that's the team of Jumpstart. So check us out, jumpstart-hr.com. From there, you can schedule a 15-minute chat to learn more about our services. Or you can actually go to our services page and point click and buy our prepaid consulting offer. So uh, without further ado, then, I guess this wraps up the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share with others. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks, everyone.